You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Psalms 112. Now I'll read the Psalms. It's only not 10 verses. So I'm going to read the Psalms for us. And then I'll give you the title of the lesson here today. And God willing, we'll get through the whole lesson here today. Um, I actually had Ben over to my office a couple weeks ago and he was getting ready to leave for the Philippines. And we are talking about putting lessons together. Of course, Ben does, does that on a regular basis as being the assistant pastor here. And then he actually speaks in quite a few other places uh, at camps and revivals and different things like that as well. And I was just going over, you know, how do you put lessons together? You know, I never was really formally taught how to put a lesson together correctly. Um, and so I just talked to him about that. And he was sharing some of the things that he does and how he puts lessons together and how he prays and see what, what God would have for him. And I personally like to put together topical messages, right? So I pick a topic and then I kind of go and see what does the Bible all have to say about this topic? Um, and he was talking to me about how he also likes to do that, but then how the Lord's been working on him to really meditate on a portion of Scripture and get the lesson right out of that portion of Scripture. And that was something that was I've heard about. A pastor obviously does that quite a bit as well, although he goes back and forth, which is nice. Um, but I've really never done that too much as far as teaching goes. I have a couple of times. And so I asked the Lord, Lord, for this time, could you do that for me? Could you just give me a portion of Scripture and I can take the message or the lesson that I ought to be presenting out of that portion of Scripture? And so that was outside of my comfort zone um, versus just picking a topic and then preaching from my knowledge and then from the Scriptures on that topic. Uh, but it was really cool as I started meditating on portion of Scriptures and looking at that. And that really comes down to meditation, right? You meditate on that Scripture. You go over that Scripture. The Lord shows you something. You go back over. The Lord shows, shows you another thing and you do that over and over again and then before you know it kind of a lesson evolves of a portion of scripture and that's kind of what happened here on psalms 112 and um again i'll read it and i'll tell you why this lesson developed in my heart uh, a few weeks ago psalms 112 praise ye the lord Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth, the generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness, he is gracious and full of compassion and righteousness. Verse 5, a good man showeth favor and lendeth, he will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Like this portion right here. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. He hath dispersed. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and shall be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Let's pray. Father, I come before you this morning, Lord, and just even reading that Psalms over again, I just got excited, got goosebumps, Lord, of all the stuff that you have there for us to uh, hear today. But Lord, you're a good God. You're a gracious God. You're an awesome God. And Lord, I pray that you'd give me wisdom as I teach this lesson. Father, this is from the Word of God, and Lord, I so seek to say the words that you would have me to say uh, in and of myself, Lord, 100% could never do this, Lord. 
can never speak and bring forth anything that would touch the hearts and lives of these people. That can only be done through you and through your spirit. So, Lord, I just pray that you would allow that to happen here today, that you take myself out of the way and anything that I might say that would be Isaac White, that you would get rid of that, Lord, and you just only allow your spirit to flow through me today, Lord. Will you use me as a vessel? And, Lord, will you use these next few minutes here as we get into your word, and, Lord, as we see what you have to say here, Lord, will you use us to touch our hearts? And more Will you bring such deep conviction and desire, Lord, to walk closer with you at the end of this lesson, that we would go home and we would change some things in our life, that we could be the vessels that you've called us to be. And I pray these things in your precious name. Amen. So the lesson here today is, um, I, was, I was struggling with some stuff in my life, and not just me, but in our family, and I was going over some of these things, and I was asking, this is how this lesson started, by the way. So I was asking the Lord, Lord, you know, why has this happened? Why do, why do I struggle with this? Why does my family struggle with this? Because I knew it wasn't right. And then, you know, I was going through some scriptures, and I had fallen upon this scripture. And I almost want to read it again, because it... it of course, I've been reading this over and over again, so it's really exciting to me to hear it one time probably kind of blows past us because that's happened sometimes in the scriptures. We just read and we go on. But there's, just, there's so much here in this psalm, and there's so many cool things that the David is trying to explain to us about God and about what's happening here. Um, but I, I was reading this psalms, and I realized this, this psalm right here that David said is all about true happiness and joy in the psalm. He's telling us how to have true happiness and joy. And that's something that I have been struggling with. It's something my family had been struggling with. I don't know if you struggle with this, but I know that I struggle with this on a daily basis. I'd love to say that I wake up happy every single day, that I jump out of bed with a good spirit, ready to serve the Lord, completely eternally focused, and just ready to do whatever God wants me to do for that day. But guess what? That doesn't happen. Not for me, at least. And you know what? I wake up and I have to prepare myself for that day, which is the whole reason of walking with the Lord, right? Having your devotion. So I have to get up, and I have to get myself to the place where my spirit can be moved by God that day. And although I do try to make it a practice before my, heat, my feet hit the ground to thank the Lord for that day, it doesn't always mean that I wake up with a bright, cheery attitude. Um, and so I was thinking about that. And then I was also thinking how when I am happy then, I get done with my devotions and I feel like I am in the right spirit. And I feel like I'm ready to go and do what God wants me to do that day, whatever it may be, at work or at home or at ministry. And then how quickly I can get waylaid and not have my joy anymore, and not have my happiness, and then spend the rest of the day unhappy. And I said, this, this, this ought not to be. This, this is not, that God does not want us to live our life with no joy. God doesn't want us to live our life and not be happy. Because it says throughout all the scripture, over and over and over again, how we're supposed to have this in our life. And so I started thinking, Lord, why, why does this happen to me? Why, why, do I, why do I allow this to happen to me? And I fell upon Psalms 112. And in this Psalms, David kind of lays out some things for us here. If we do these things, how we're going to be blessed. And of course, we know the word blessed means to be happy. We'll talk about that later on. But if we do these things, how this is going to bring the joy and it's going to bring the happiness in our life. And, you know, how often do we get on our kids for having a bad... Who, how many people have kids in here? All right, that's over half of us. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm always on my kids about having a good attitude. Always like, man, if you could see your face right now, you would be ashamed of yourself. That is a pouty attitude. That's a bad attitude. You know, we need to have a good attitude. You know, it's easy for kids to have bad attitudes really fast, right? You give them one little chore doing this, there goes the bad attitude. You know, like, oh, my word. Then you got to deal with the chore. Then you got to deal with the bad attitude. And hopefully he's recircled back around to what you originally told him to do in the first place. It's kind of an ordeal. But um, I was thinking about myself. How often does that happen to me personally, right? If I could look at myself all day long, 
and I will see one little thing that happens to me in my life, and then it's like, oh, there goes Isaac's bad attitude. I want the Lord thinks that. You know, oh, there comes Isaac's bad attitude already. One little thing happened. There's his bad attitude. So I don't know about you, but I personally struggle with being happy on a consistent basis, with being joyful on a consistent basis. But you know what? When I am happy and I am joyful, you know what? That's fun. You know what I'm saying? When you're truly happy, not just, hey, I'm doing good, but, you know, we shake hands at church, we can put on a facade there, but when you're truly happy and you're truly joyful, guess what? Your kid, it catches on to your children. It catches on to your spouse. It catches on to the people that you work with. And guess what? You're going to be different, and we're going to be the Christians that God has asked us to be, which are the Christians that are set on a hill with a light being a testimony to this world. Because this world, 100% is not happy. So when you are truly happy and you are truly joyful, which we're the, Christians are the only people that can truly have that, so when you do that and you allow that, that is all, that, you don't have to try to let it come out. It's going to 100% come out because there's something so genuine and so unique with a Christian, with a person that is happy and joyful, and I want that. And guess what? Our life will be so much better when we're like that. Our days will go by so much better. Everything will fall into place for the most part when we have these things in our life. We want to live in a way that allows God to bless you so you can have an abundant life. We know those scripture. God talks about having an abundant life. He's come to give his life and give it to us more abundantly. But we have to live in a way that allows God to do this. God will 100% do this, and we'll talk about that later on. This happiness that we're talking about and this joy, it doesn't come from buying a new car. It doesn't come from getting a new house. It doesn't come from having more children or, or less children on my side. Like, Lord, if I only had less kids, I'd be happy. No, I don't say that out loud. (laughs) You might think it sometimes. And there's some of us who probably say, Lord, if I only had more kids, I'd be happy. So I was working on this lesson this week, obviously, off and on. And um, I don't know, you know, because I was working on this lesson, I felt like I was happier this week, right? Because it was constantly on my mind, constantly on my mind to think eternal and stuff like that. But there was a day... And um, just to show you that no matter how hard you try sometimes and what you do, man, there's still some stuff that can really waylay you throughout the day. And it's, it's really hard to remember to be happy during those times. But I got a call from one of my employees, and I won't name the employee. Um, and usually when I get a call from my employees in the middle of the day, it's almost 100% never good. It's like they're calling me. There's, they're, you know, something's not right, and that's why they're calling me. I much, you know, I like it when a whole day goes by and I don't hear from anybody. I'm like, well, it's a good day. So, but I got a call from my employee, and as soon as they said Isaac, I was like, oh, that tone of voice. This is, this cannot be good. And uh, they went on to share with me how they had went to pick up a bunch of hardwood hickory flooring. For those of you who know about flooring, hardwood hickory solid floor is not cheap, and we had enough to do an entire project, over 16 boxes, and how they got to their job site and the flooring was no longer there in the back of their truck. And so, unbeknownst to me, during that time, our office had also received a call from someone, random person, that said, hey, I saw one of your Alpha Omega trucks turn a corner and uh, a bunch of boxes fell out on this corner. And so, when I got the other call, anyways, long story short, what happened was, oh, this is what the lady said, a bunch of boxes fell out and the truck behind you, they stopped and picked them all up for you. And we're like, thank you. Click, got on the horn with the other guy. He went back to where that corner was. You know, obviously, there was no truck with two nice men waiting for us to come back and pick up our flooring. And so, long story short, we lost quite a bit of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of flooring that were just gone. And you know what? When stuff like that happens, it's really hard to be happy. 
Because I know, because it just happened to me. And I was like, oh, man, let's praise the Lord. Just lost all that money. Let's see. Let's count all the good ways, that, that, all the good things that can come out of the situation. I came up with zero, okay? I cannot figure out one thing. I was like, I can't think. I'm like, I even went to my office manager. I was like, can you think of one, just one good thing that this, why the Lord lost it happened? One good reason this could happen? He's like, I got nothing. I was like, oh, man. But you know what? That is not the source of our joy and happiness. See, that's the difference. I didn't have to have that happen. Excuse me, I didn't have to have that not happen for me to be happy and joyful. Because that doesn't matter. That's just material possessions, right? And I told my office manager after I came composure and took a breath before I called my other employee back and everything and um, said, I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I said this afterwards. This is not my original response. I said, you know, it doesn't matter. That's the Lord's floor anyways. That's the Lord's money. You know, if he wants to have all that floor go and Oh, man, I praise the Lord. I hope it looks nice in somebody else's house. Amen? I didn't say that much, but I did say, praise the Lord, you know, hope this is okay with you. But I don't know if this ever happens to you guys. So where you, you want to be happy, you get up happy or whatever, and something way lazy you and knocks you off track. And this can happen at your home. I know for you mothers that stay at home, it's, an, it's, it's a bigger challenge sometimes because of the children that are there, and then sometimes so dealing with those children can really be hard, and it can, they can, the children can really waylay you on your happiness and on your joy because they're just really good at that, okay? Um, financial problems, that, that can really waylay us sometimes, right? Is, is we, we listen to Satan's lies and we allow a financial difficulty that maybe the Lord allowed even to our life to help us, but we allow that difficulty or that trial to really just... You know, throw in the towel and say, you know what, until this is over, I just can't be happy anymore. I just can't be joyful until this financial pressure is off my shoulders. You know, we think of our health. Now, I've been blessed to be pretty healthy throughout my life, but I've had problems. I've had many broken arms, usually my fault, all right? So, um, but health, is, sometimes the older that you get, the health becomes more of an issue. And you know what, And when you are constantly have health problems, or wherever it may be, that it, it can really sometimes rob, rob us of our joy. If you're constantly in pain and you constantly have health problems, you've got to go to the doctor. Or like Joe, we had all those kidney problems. All the, all the, and, they, and it's not just a short little time, but it's an extended period of time. God didn't say uh, you can be happy and you can be joyful if you have good health. God didn't say you can be happy and you can be joyful when all your finances are going good. God didn't say you can be happy and you can be joyful only when your kids are being completely obedient. Because then none of us would be happy and joyful. <laughs> but you know, and you think about the guys that go, go out to the workforce... And for the most part, most of you deal with people who aren't Christians. And that's, that's, that in alone of itself is a challenge. And I understand that. You're dealing with poor character. You're dealing with people who aren't honest. You're dealing with people who are trying to wiggle and move and trying to do whatever they can. And you, you feel like sometimes it's just such a heavy burden. And it's just you get tired. We get tired working out there. We get tired working in the world. And it's just like, oh, we want to sometimes throw in the towel. And we allow those things to come and to steal our joy and to steal our happiness. And so we're going to talk about today again, how can we do, how can we remain happy, how can we remain joyful in the midst of all these things? And you know what? Every one of us can name things right now that steal our joy. Some of these maybe I mentioned today, some of them may be unique to you, but whatever it is, we all have many things that we allow to steal our joy and to steal our happiness, and that ought not to be. So we're going to talk about what does God have to say about this, right? What does God have to say about joy and happiness? And this is in no, no ways an overview of all the joy and happiness that is in the Bible, because we would be here much, much longer. This is just talking about in this Psalms, what does God have to say about this? Well, what's the first word in Psalms 112? What is it? Praise. 
He says, praise ye the Lord. That was the first thing that jumped out at me in regards to this. It says, praise ye the Lord. You know, make it a habit to praise the Lord from your heart, even when you're going through trials. Praise is different than thankfulness. When we're thankful to God, we, we basically, and of course, we try to train ourselves to do this, but thank you, Lord, for this house. Thank you for my car. Thank you for my food. Thank, all, these are all things that he's giving to us. That's thankfulness, and 100% we need to do that. But praise is more than just being thankful for what the Lord has done to you. Praise is praising God for who he is. Praising God for what he's done overall, not just in your life, but across the board. Praising him for creating this world. Praising him for our nation. Praising him for our church. Just giving God praise. David was so good at giving God praise. You can know he was good when you look back at the other Psalms. Psalms 111, what does it say? First verse. You there? It's only one Psalms back. Praise ye the Lord. Let's go over to Psalms 113, one Psalms forward. What does it say? Praise ye the Lord. I mean, David, he realized that if he was going to be happy and if he was going to be joyful, what did he have to learn how to do? He had to learn how to praise the Lord. He had to learn how to praise the Lord. We derive our word hallelujah from the Hebrew words for praise ye the Lord. You remember that song? I won't make you guys do it. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise you, the Lord. I was actually going to do that today. I was like, well, I can feel my participation going way down if I try that. And I'd be doing it by myself, and I don't want to do that to you. So, but you know, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. We need to say that to ourselves every single day. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. We need to give God praise every single day. We need to shout out to praise to our God. If we start doing this, if we start praising the Lord on a consistent basis, and this is going to produce something in our heart. You, it can't help but do that. When you praise God, it can't help but produce something in your heart. And I'm not talking about phony praise. I'm talking about genuine thankfulness, gratefulness, genuine praise to God for what He has done. So what does it mean to praise the Lord? Well, praising the Lord is even higher and more meaningful than thank thanking Him. We already talked about that. It's, it's, it's more than that. It's more than just giving Him thanks. I went around the table because I was doing this lesson. I said, okay, kids, instead of being thankful this, tonight, which we try to do when we have devotions after our supper, go around and say one thing that we're thankful for and a couple things. I said, instead of doing that, let's, let's give God praise tonight. And I kind of explained praise a little bit. And I went around the table. And what do you think they all did? They gave what they were thankful for, which is fine. They're children. But, you know, even, even myself, I wanted to say something I was thankful for because it's easy. We're just trained to say that, right? But giving praise to God is something I'm telling you right now. If you're going to praise God, you're going to have to work on it. It's something different. It's something special about praising God. And when you really, truly praise him, these other spirits of thankfulness and gratefulness will come out of your life. When we praise the Lord, we praise him for who he is and for what he's done apart from what he's done for us, okay? We praise him for who he is and what he's done apart from what he's done for us, right? Because you might be going through a trial and it might be hard to praise God for some because you're going through that trial right there, but we can still praise him for who he is and for what he's done. Because when you think about it, who Christ is, who God is, and what he's done, how can we not but help but praise the Lord no matter what we're going through? We just don't think about it. We don't take the time necessary to think about what the Lord has done. I'm going to read a couple of verses here. But praising the Lord, I'm telling you, it's not just in Psalms. 
It's not just in a couple of books. It is out throughout the entire scripture to praise the Lord. I'm going to read a few verses here. Romans chapter 15, 11. Don't turn there. I'm just going to read it. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. That was in Romans. In Hebrews it says, By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Well, he didn't say just do it once a day. He said, this is something we need to learn to do continually. Probably because he knows if we didn't do it, we're going to lose our joy. But he said, offer the praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye seed of Jacob, glorify him, fear him. And all ye the seed of Israel. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. I could go on and on and on and on, and I won't do that. But I think we get the point. God wants us to praise him. You know what? God doesn't want us to praise him for his benefit. Does God need our praise? No. God knows who he is. He's the man. He knows that. He doesn't need us to praise him for that. But you know what God wants us to praise him for? For our benefit. And you know what? You think about the scriptures, it's so special. All these things we, that we see in the scriptures, and we keep thinking, oh, I'm doing this for God, I'm doing this for God, I'm doing this for God. And God's like, no, you're not. You're doing it for yourself. You're, do, you're doing it because I'm going to bless you for all these things. God wants us because this is, this is God's do, asking us to do this for, for you so that your life can be better and you can be happy and you can be joyful. That's why God wants you to have it done. But yes, it's a command that God has for us to do it. David was a man after God's own heart. And I think a lot of that has to stem from he was always praising the Lord. I should use the word always because we know David had problems too, right? But his heart desire, he had a heart of praise to God. Obviously, read the book of Psalms. And yet, he was a man after God's own heart. If you want to be woman after God's own heart and a man after God's own heart, just like David was, don't you think we should start with the thing that he almost says the most throughout Psalms is praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I was thinking about, I was reading some psalms, and there's some psalms at times where David was asking people to praise the Lord, and he was not going through an easy time. But he still said, praise the Lord. Let's make sure that we're praising God. When we praise, when we give genuine praise to God, it, help us to, it helps us to focus on Christ. I don't know about you, but I have a very hard time being eternally mindset, eternally focused, making sure that what I'm doing that day isn't based upon what I want to do and my goals and my desires in this temporal world that I live in and making sure I'm, you know, I'm not being selfish but to focus on eternity and put that up there. That's hard to do. But you know what? As hard as that is to do, when we start learning how to praise God, that eternal mindset and that eternal focus, God starts to re rework our brains and helps us think about that more. So the more that you praise God, the more you're going to be eternally mind mindset, the more eternally focused on Christ. Oh, I got to get going here. I knew this was going to happen. Um, help us to be eternally hard. said that um, produces gratefulness. So when you thank God, um, excuse me, when you praise God, he's going to produce gratefulness in your heart. So you know what? When things like, when something bad happens, like losing hundreds and almost thousands of dollars with a hardwood flooring, guess what? You don't have to force yourself to say, praise the Lord, you know, because that's not genuine, obviously. You know what happens? You're just, you know, because you're praising God all the time, you're just going to be like, you know what? Obviously God had that for a reason, you know, because my initial response was horrible. And I was going through this lesson, so I had no excuse. But my, it was bad, I'm telling you. I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. You know, it works so hard to save money, and there it goes out the, out, literally out the truck, you know, onto the road into somebody else's truck. Um, but uh, you know what? The whole point is that when, instead of trying to be grateful and be grateful and be grateful and be thankful, how about we just start praising the Lord and allow God to, God to change our heart and produce that thankful heart inside of us in our life. 
In every occasion of life, good times and bad, we should always praise the Lord. Like that word, hallelujah. Hallelujah is appropriate in all circumstances. For God is ever worthy of our highest praise. Here, David exhorts us to praise the Lord because he blesses those who fear him and delight in his commandments. And that's our next point. As we walk in the fear of the Lord, we reap God's gracious blessings in our life. We then discover that our hallelujahs grow in frequency, intensity, and sincerity. That will just happen when we learn to praise the Lord. So, um, if we're going to be happy, we're going to be joyful, let's learn how to praise the Lord. Next thing, take your look at down right down here, right after that. I know that was only the first three words. That's not good. We're not moving very fast here. Um, praise ye the Lord. And then let's keep reading here in Psalms uh, 112, verse 9, or verse 1 still. It says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that what? Feareth the Lord and that delighteth greatly in his commandments. So, still in, still in verse 1, we got praise the Lord and then blessed, which we know is happy. You'll be happy. Blessed is a man that feareth the Lord and delighteth greatly in his commandments. So I was like, man, we are in the first, the first verse. We got, we got to fear the Lord. You know, we're going to be, if we're going to be happy and joyful. But we also see here that we need to fear the Lord and we need to obey the Lord as well. So not only praise the Lord, excuse me, we need to praise the Lord, but we need to fear and obey the Lord. The Lord gives us a remarkable promise that we should arouse and motivate us continually. It says, if we fear and obey him, he will bless us richly. I want to read, oh man, I want to read a couple of more verses here. So verse one, we just read that. Verse two, here's what happens when you fear and when you obey the Lord and you, and you praise his name. His seed shall be what? Mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteousness. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteousness shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. I want to read some verses here from the time we have remaining in regards to fearing the Lord. Just like praise the Lord is all throughout the scriptures, guess what? Fearing and obeying God Guess what? We don't get away from that one either. It's all over the place. It is all over the scriptures to fear and to obey God. And his mercy is, upon, is on them that fear him from generation to generation. That's in Luke. But he said, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it, which means obey it. That's in Luke as well. Here in 2 Corinthians it says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We see that God wants us to fear him. We see that God wants us to obey him. I don't think I need to spend a lot of time on that point because I think we all got it. We've been coming to church hopefully quite a while and we totally understand the need for fearing God and obeying God. But although I personally understand that need, and I know that God wants me to do that. And I know that, I know in my head, in my brain, I know that God will bless me if I do this. Because I just said it here, and it says it over and over and over and over and over and over again throughout the scripture that this will happen in your life. But it goes back to kind of pastor's message on Sunday about having faith and using your faith. We are so good at knowing things. We're so good at it. We, oh, oh, yeah, I know that. I know that. 
And I was talking to somebody this week, and I said, we know it, but yet our faith, we, we don't use the faith necessary to, if you, really, if you really believed it and you really knew it, and you said, I know that, then why don't we do it? Because we're not taking the faith that God has given to us and using it to go to that extent. Because the Bible says, if you meditate me day and night, you'll be successful. 100% all of us want to be successful. But 100%, now all of us are meditating God's word day and night. Why? Because we're not using our faith and we're not, we don't really truly believe that. If I truly believed that there was $100,000 sitting in the back of my car and all I had to do was walk out and go open my door and I'd get it, guess what? i go open my door and go get it. And that's what God is, in the scripture, he has all these things. He says, if you do this, I'll do this for you. If you do this, I'll do this for you. If you do this, I'll do this for you. And we read these, we're like, oh, that sounds good. That sounds awesome. But, you know, honestly, I really don't believe God. That's what we're saying because we're not doing any of it. So we're not using our faith. And God said, with a grain of a faith of a, well, that's not saying right. With the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, be thou removed. Well, that's not very much faith. A grain of a mustard seed, and I can move an entire mountain. They can't take any more faith to believe the word of God and apply it to our life so that we can be blessed. But yet, so often, we don't take the faith that God has given to us, and we tell God, oh, Lord, just give me more faith, give me more faith, give me more faith. And yes, God will give you more faith. But guess what? Right now, you have the faith to accomplish great things in your life. You have it. Joe has it. If you're a believer, you have that faith already inside of you. You know what's the problem? You're not using the faith. You're not using what God has already given to you. When you're asking for more faith, when God says, I have given you a grain of a mustard seed, but you're still not even using that faith to go do great things for me. Because God is great, and God is holy, and God can do whatever he wants to do. And he's already given to us each a measure of faith to do those things in our life that he's called us to do. But we have to exercise that. We have to use that faith. We have to say, Lord, you said it. I believe it. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to trust on you for, this, for whatever else is going to happen after that. I'm leaving it in your hands. And that's exercising your faith. And then you'll be a powerhouse for the Lord when you do that in your life. Got a lot of more verses here that talks about... Well, we're not going to read them. So... Those verses I just read, when we fear and obey God, it says this, in the, it says this right here in this portion of Scripture. You're, you're going to have to go home and read for yourself. You're going to have a strong family. You're going to be, have prosperity. You're going to have eternal righteousness. You're going to ha- have God's guidance. You're going to have goodness and well-being. You're going to have a victorious life. You're going to have eternal reward and honor. It says it right there. It just, oh, it just don't have time to get into it. All right? So the blessings of God are there for us. But we have to have the, we've got to use our faith to say, Lord, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to fear and I'm going to obey you in my life. We have enough faith to listen to Satan's lies, don't we? Oh, Satan brings one little, one little lie and we're like, oh, that's right. Oh, that's, I can't believe that happened. And you know what? I don't know if this is even biblical to say this, but do we have more faith in Satan than we do in God? Because I don't know about you, but I tend to listen to Satan's lies a whole lot more sometimes than I tend to listen to God, just based upon my actions. Now, I won't ever say that. But based upon my actions, and my actions basically going more to the lies of the devil and believing that more, or believing the scriptures more. I wonder. That could be said about a lot of us. In closing, praise the Lord, fear and obey the Lord. Verse 7, and he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed. I want you guys to say those last four words. Say it right now. Here we go. Trusting in the Lord. You have to trust in the Lord. Okay? You have to trust in the Lord. 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 
if you do not, if we do not trust in the Lord, we will lose our joy and happiness. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Because you know what? We don't have a lot of understanding. We have a limited understanding. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall. He shall, he shall, he shall. He not, he may, not he, he might, but he shall direct thy paths. Every one of us want God to direct our paths. Every one of us want to have these blessings in our life. We have got to come to a place where we say, I start, stop trusting myself. I stop trusting these things of the world. I stop trusting to all of this. And I start trusting into God because he's God and he made the world and he made me and he knows what's best because he's sovereign. And I'm going to trust in God. And I'm going to use my faith into that area. Often in our world, it seems that the wicked are exalted and the godly suffer. It just seems that way. Guess what? That's the same thing right here in the book of Bible too. David had that same struggle. We need to remember that this world's laws and standards for success are usually the polar opposite of what God's standards are and what his real true things are for success. As we live faithfully for the Lord, we can come, we can be certain that we will face trials. And as we draw nearer to the Lord's return, the fires of persecution, both mentally and physically, will become more and more intense. This has nothing to do with being joyful and happy in our life. Without question, the scene described in verse 10, which is later down, looks beyond the present day to the future day where Christ returns to destroy his enemies. Basically, he's saying, listen, verse 10 is, talks all about the Christ's return and what's going to happen to the wicked. Right? There's that song. We know the back, what's that song? Uh, we, know, we know the back of the book and the, we win or whatever it is. I don't remember. But basically, saying, we know what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen to the wicked, right? We know what's going to happen to us. We do know that. So rest in that. Be eternally minded in those areas. The house of the wicked shall be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. I know I'm out of time here, so as we wrap this up, I have a couple of questions for you. We just need to be honest with ourselves. After the battle we run, half the battle we fight is against ourselves. So we need to be honest. Do you praise the Lord? Do you fear the Lord? Do you trust the Lord? God wants us to be blessed. God wants us to be happy. We need a purpose this week to praise, to fear, to obey, and to trust God. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.